<sighs> well, well, how's this thing supposed to start? My name's Aaron. Some of y'all might know me by a gimme. Some of y'all might not know me at all, but I think it's really important that we know these books really intimately. So I think it's time for you to go on and check your show. Yo, yo, it's your boy, Gimme, don't toy with me, I'm saying. We out here, bro, check yourself. Episode six. We reading Be Here Now by Baba Ram Dass. Uh, we about halfway through the thing. And uh, so start thinking about what y'all want to read next. If you got any recommendations, feel free to toss them my way and we'll talk about it. Um, but, you know, check yourself. We like to read banned books. We like to read counterculture literature we like to read religious texts we like to read all kinds of alternative fiction and crazy non-fiction stories so uh you're welcome here everybody's welcome here it's all love it always has been even if you don't like to read my cat looks like it's hunting something what do you this is a, this is time for subtleness okay young child Young kitten. She's not even young, bro. If you'll recall along with me, or if you don't remember because this is your first time here, let me tell you what we talked about last week. You know, so last week we had uh, our, was our second video. Uh, so if you want to go find the link on YouTube, it'll be in the description of this episode. And you can find all the other ones on the channel from there. Um, but last episode, we found out what it means to learn about this journey, this spiritual journey, um, through what's called realized beings. So you got people like Jesus or Mother Teresa or, you know, some of the popes and the Buddhas along the way um, that have come into existence. Hi, Charlie. Meow, meow, meow. Um, we also learned some examples of the confusion that comes along with living here and now always and the differences between that and being prepared for the future. Um, we learned about how intentional vibrational changes can help elevate children from their suffering. Uh, we learned about the impact of how our vibrations can affect others more so than our words or our actions. Um, we experienced the dangers of living in polarity and becoming anchored in time and space. We learned about how to surf the waves as opposed to letting them just hit you and beat you around the ocean. And we started diving into the Four Noble Truths, which is kind of the like um like the pillar of buddhism like this is like the 10 commandments of buddhism in a way um and then the final thing we got into is why desire might be something to avoid which is the first uh noble truth <clears throat> well not really but that's and we also got into um why desire is something to avoid um so with all that out the way uh, we're gonna be <clears throat> deep into the heart of the uh, From Bindu to Oha section, the brown section of the book. We're on page 36. And uh, yeah, let's run it, bitch. Check your show. Episode six. Yeah, man. Let's go. Uh, so we would dive right into the, to the second noble truth here, which is what's on your screen if you're watching um, along at home. And if you're just listening, I suggest you go check out the YouTube. Cause that makes me more money than the podcast. Um, just kidding. None of this makes me money. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go back one page and we're just going to talk about, um, the first noble truth again, just to kind of give it a little, uh, a little refresher course real quick. Just make sure everybody's on the same page. So the Buddha's four noble truths are very straightforward and very simple. The first one concerns the fact that life always has in it the element of unfulfillment call it suffering birth old age sickness not getting what you want getting what you don't want even getting what you want in this physical world is going to be suffering because you're always going to lose it it's always in time anything that's in time is going to pass away lay not up your treasures where moss oh I felt it happening in slow motion and I saw my tongue doing the wrong thing and I just wanted to bite it. I hated it so much. 
Lay not up your treasures where moth and rust doth corrupt. Moth and rust doth corrupt. That's a pretty good multi there, Baba Ramdas. I fucks with it. Barse. That's the trap of time. And as long as you want anything in time, it's going to pass because time passes. So what this is saying here is the first noble truth is life contains in it the element of suffering. All life has some element of unfulfillment, dissatisfaction, or suffering, however you want to look at it. It's always going to have that element of suffering. And the second noble truth, the cause of suffering is desire or craving. If you don't try to hold, you don't suffer over the loss. If you don't worship life, you don't fear death. But if you try to hold on to life, it's very sad. You can honor life. But if you try to hold on to life, it's very sad. Did you ever see a really beautiful woman, like a top model, who is just getting to that point where her looks are changing into what could be an internal beauty if she hadn't been so busy with her external beauty? She is caught in the beauty of time, which withers. How poignant. And yet, See, I want, see now, so in some of the other pages, we had to go left, right, left to right, left to right, but this one looks like we go up and down. So let's do left and then right. Check this out. And yet, we've all touched people who were so beautiful as beings that we never notice whether they're physically beautiful. It's like an eternal beauty lives within them. So we had internal up there and eternal down here. So I subconsciously told the future. And then when I'm sticking with it, well, if you attach yourself, if you crave temporal things, beauty, possessions, achievement, anything, how poignant example, somebody looks at you seductively, an ice cream cone goes by, will it ever be the big ice cream cone in the sky? Will it ever be an eternal ice cream cone? Or is it always going to melt? You gotta keep eating it, yet it melts and melts. That's its problem. You gotta keep eating it because it will melt, and then it's gone. You know that taste in your mouth when you finish and you want a glass of water, right? Then you have a glass of water and there's that bloaty feeling. Then you're ready for the next one. So get rid of that one. Let's take a walk. And you take a walk. It's cold out. Let's have some hot chocolate. Yes, let's have some. And on and on and on. It's called life. You see, the opposite of craving is saying, baby, this is the way it is. Yeah. Okay. Here and now. This is it. I accept the here and now fully as it is right at this moment. So I think we talked a little bit earlier in an earlier episode about how heaven can be, is so, it's so strange how it's been described in a lot of religious books, but um, what was so beautiful to me um, in one, I can't remember if it was Siddhartha or what, but um, you know, explaining as heaven, explaining heaven as, um, every moment that you're mindful and aware and you're still perfectly pleasant, perfectly happy and perfectly content with everything that you have, like just being like eternally grateful in the moment all the time. If you're that practiced and that disciplined to be able to have that sort of like peace in your life, then that's truly like the way that humans can obtain heaven because it's a metaphysical thing, isn't it? Like, can't be described by math or geometry or English language like so I think the most important thing we can do is try to stay mindful and present all the time and in that you'll notice your negative feelings or your bad patterns or your toxic behaviors if you're aware enough 
and you can hopefully start changing the pattern and growing past it, breaking these generational curses. He says as he drinks liquor from a big-ass 64-ounce glass. Oh, I forgot to turn the page. I was about to read some old shit. What did I just read last time? Okay, just wanted to make sure it wasn't carrying over. Lame, halt, blind, dying. We're all dying. At this moment, your body is disintegrating before your very eyes. If you've taken LSD, you may be seeing it do this, but you know it's happening anyways. It's all a downhill trip all the way. Boy, what a funny place to get attached. To something that's got to go like that. So, Buddha says, the cause of suffering is attachment or desire. They all say the same thing. Would have been nice if he gave some more examples right there, I think. <clears throat> but yes, attachment and desire. I really like the ice cream metaphor a lot because even if you get everything you want and you get you can get so much of it that you just become bloated, you know what I mean? And then when it's gone, you just want another one once you get over that bloated feeling. And that's kind of how I got fat. The third noble truth. Give up attachment give up desire you end the births you end the deaths you end the suffering you end the whole thing that keeps you stuck if i'm not attached to this particular time space locus then i can free my awareness from my body and i can become one with it all i can merge with the divine mother and again, we see um, we're looking at the bottom half of this picture now, but uh, all really, really meticulously placed dot work. Um, very, you can tell his style is very influenced by Eastern um, art styles. Uh, that's bad vocabulary, but um, I'm just kind of taking taking the taking in the whole picture here, but. Um, very cool stuff. Um, flowers, a very beautiful woman draped in minimal cloths and wrapped in the kind of vines and leaves of the trees. Very cool. So I guess since we're already moving on to the fourth noble path, I'll go back up here and talk about the third one a little bit. Um, giving up attachment and giving up desire. I mean, he's, I mean, it's not, this is probably the hardest noble truth, right? But luckily the fourth one is going to give you, um, the the way to the path to do it so it's going to be called the eightfold path um but if you give up attachment and you give up desire and you give up your ego it's super it, it's almost it's almost become it almost becomes like the most simple thing to do like once you once you realize um that's what needs to be done and you're capable of doing it i still have to work on it all the time but once i realize that it's happening it's it, it's very easy for me to be able to give those things up now that i'm staying aware and I'm able to recognize these things they're much easier to get rid of when I when I do find myself um, falling back into those traps um, so when you're able to free yourself from again time and space like that you're able to just find what is it like you know the the, the cosmos the eternal playground the heart cave which he's now saying merging with the divine mother basically but again it's all metaphysical hoopla but so um, the fourth noble truth is the eightfold path for getting rid of desire and attachment and ego and blah, blah, right? The eightfold path, which says, get your life straight, do your work, do everything you've got to do. Watch your speech, watch your thought, watch your calmness, get your calm center going. Live your life in such a way as to get yourself straight to get free of attachment that just keeps sucking you in all the time. Get free of desire. Get free of desire. It's a little like a roller coaster. This is just the way it works. If you read St. John of the Cross, St. John of the Cross's Dark Knight of the Soul, you know how it is. You've really been working on yourself and you're very pure. And something very high happens to you. 
you feel liberated. And then your ego walks around and pats you on the shoulder. Pretty good. Look how holy you're becoming. And you fall again. So this is the most, and this is probably gonna be my next tattoo. Obviously I'm gonna let the tattoo artist make it a little better, but. Um, so what it really breaks down to is, you know, Yoda, what did Yoda say? Your thoughts become your actions, your actions become your character or some shit, wasn't that Yoda? I don't know, but the idea is that if you put your mind to making these things high, very high, towards the light, um, godly, um, it's usually, um, it's usually, um, spoken about the term right. So they'll say right belief is right thought is right speech is right action is right livelihood is right exertion is right remembrance is right meditation. So it's not necessarily cyclical like that, but your beliefs should match your thoughts, your speech, your thoughts should match your speech, your speech should match your actions, your actions should match your livelihood, your livelihood should max, match your exertion, so on. So if you're practicing these eight things with the full intention of doing it as God would, this is the path to eliminating any desires and attachments that you might have. Um, and again, this is much easier said than done because there's a lot of times where my thoughts and my speech and my actions still don't line up. Um, and that's just part of being human, right? Like to be, to err is to be human. So give yourself a little, a little bit of a break. Sometimes take a breath. And I think, you know, just remember that you're doing fine because it was always going to be this way anyways. And you'll find that path because you're already on it. So once you start looking, it's just going to be that much easier to see. Um, the roller coaster is cool. Um, it's a good metaphor because of the ups and downs. Um, the ups and downs, I mean, are just vibrations, right? Like if you, if you slow anything on a molecular level, like if you shrink it down slow enough, it's gonna look like a wave sign, like ups and downs, like a roller coaster. So, it's a fun metaphor. Um, and when you start to notice that progress on the spiritual journey, sometimes your ego will just come around and be like, "What's going on, brother? Nice job. You're being awful holy," and that's just like, you know, it's it's. It's cool to see progress and it's good to see growth, but it's you need to be careful about self-praise, right? So you're just supposed to do this. This is just this is just the work that we have to do to get where we need to go, right? This is not anything to be applauded. Does that make sense? This is because when you once you do that, you're just trying to appease your own I get they say ego, but it's it's hard to it's hard to I can't really compare it to something else um, Especially in this instance when I'm trying to freestyle a point, but So be mindful of that. It's how about this? It's like when people film themselves giving stuff to homeless people, right? Um, because at that point it becomes are you doing the work to let other people know you're doing the work or are you doing the work because the work needs to be done so watch out with the self-praise watch out with all the self compliments and things like that when you're just doing the work that this is it just has to be done this is just the oldest trick in the book just keep going you know the more praise you give yourself the bigger your head's gonna get because that's one of the traps in fact the higher you get the harder you'll fall each time it's those fierce lions guarding the inner gates all this stuff happens when you're extricating yourself from this web of desire, which is your ego, which is your cognitive framework of the universe. It's all the same thing. And this extrication, believe me, doesn't happen without an internal struggle. This is called tapas, tapasya, straightening by fire. If a man gives way to all his desires or panders to them, there will be no inner struggle. There will be no inner struggle in him, no friction, no fire. But if, for the sake of attaining a definite aim, he struggles with the desires that hinder him, 
he will he will then create a fire which will gradually transform his inner world into a single hole hole with a w okay guys grow up and that was uh Auspensky in the search of miraculous um, another really intricate, um, cool-looking design. Those look nothing like lions, but we get the picture. And we got a cool little... Um, I'll try to zoom in on this a little bit if you're... Again, go follow me on YouTube so you can see if you ain't reading. So we got this like illustration of like what's going on inside Buddy's head. We got a couple faces, familiar faces, a picture of home. Everything looks like it's on fire. And then you got a couple people like making out. So he's obviously got a couple things on his head that have to deal with, you know, but sex, home, friends, family, a lot of things that people get attached to and a lot of things that people desire. So just be careful when you're, when you're thinking about this stuff. And you also have to be careful when you're trying to extricate extricating yeah yeah if you're trying to extricate it from your brain you also have to be careful because faith but yay had faith yeah he did too i'm trying to say maybe a little maybe god be speaking to that man a little too much yeah i'm talking about faith but had ye but faith you could move mountains said jesus and that is literally true the Bible is not a metaphor. It's not a story made up to teach us how to be moral beings. It's a straight message of how it is when man lives in the spirit and the spirit is right inside. The way to get into the spirit is not a lot of hocus pocus. It's a very simple, methodical, mechanical set of steps, but they're only available to him who can hear. Let those who have ears hear Teach not him who does not want to know. The whole game is based on faith. And I think that's that's why I like that's why I like this book I think resonated with me a lot is because he's he was that was something that Christians never really seemed to do was be able to um sort of uh like make like give headway into that. They they didn't they would never like what's the word I'm looking for? They would never secede to the fact that other religions might have the nuggets of knowledge tucked away in there and some element of truth because you know a lot of people are able to really look past all of the extended metaphors in the bible and and you know um relate them to something real or you know some sort of spiritual struggle in life right but when it comes to like hinduism like what shiva's got eight arms why is she naked why are they fucking all the time that's not a real religion that's blasphemy but I don't know, man, the spirit's the spirit. And even even in Christianity, right? Like it's if you just follow the steps and have faith, what else is there? Have faith, do the work, you get to heaven. I don't see how this is much different. Also, I need a little bit of chapstick, but we're going to keep going because we're, we're warriors here. What you may not understand is the whole game you've been playing is also based on faith. You have had faith in the rational mind. We are all, we are living in a society which is a temple dedicated to the rational man. Even though the first commandment says, I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Even though that has been said, I don't know why I had to do God's voice like that. Don't, don't, just, you know, just keep listening, okay? <laughs> even though that has been said, and even though we repeat it, we still worship the rational mind and its products. We worship our own sense data. It's only when we see the assumptions that we've already been functioning on that we can start to extricate ourselves. We have got to have heard the first message before any of the keys open anything. You don't even know there are doors until you have heard the first message. Okay, this is God. He's writing a note to George and I just want to kind of go back up to the top and then we'll get into the second half of the second page there. So, 
What you don't know, so the whole game, so when he mentions the whole game you've been playing, that's what we're talking about with the ego and the desire stuff. When your earthly body, when your mortal ego tries to, tries to, uh, uh, trick you into believing you're not a spiritual being or a god or whatever have you that's the game so whenever you think this is real whenever you think this all matters and anything takes you away from the mindfulness and awareness of being present that's the game so what he means by the whole game you've been playing he means all this ego shit so all of that is also based on faith because you've had faith in a rational mind so everything about this earth is based on this whole rational, logical, material plane, right? And that in itself is also an act of faith. So we, that's just like proof of how hard it is to rationalize this stuff, right? So even though the first commandment, says, I am the Lord thy God, you shall have no other gods before me. You're still treating your own ego and your own desires as the God because they take precedence a lot of time. Because those things, those distractions are keeping you from being godly. We worship our own sense data. So your senses, you know, your material, the things that keep you gripped in the material plane. You have to have heard the first message before any of the keys open anything. You don't even know there are doors until you've heard the first message. So once you get spoken to, some people can look crazy and some people like to use the message to justify their craziness, but you can't trick a cat. Remember that from last episode, I think, whatever. Georges E. Jurjrift. Georgia did uh, all right, Jidge, old G-I-G over here, old Jidge. A Westerner who went on this higher trip, or at least on a large part of the trip, said, You don't seem to understand. You are in prison. If you are to get out of prison, the first thing you must realize is you are in prison. If you think you are free, you cannot escape. Well, there's nothing to escape from if you're free, right? So why would you be looking for that way out? Got to hear that message first. What calming the mind is all about, what meditation is for, is to cool out so you remember, so you see how it all is. Try sitting down when you're full of self-pity. You sit down in front of your puja table, you take a picture of Meher Baba, and he's smiling at you like he's the other Marx brother. And he's saying, let me help you. Oh, I wish you would, Meher Baba. It's so hard. Wow, dig that self-pity. Isn't that exquisite? Full bloom. An extraordinary color. It must be a new brand of self-pity. A particularly fragrant variety. I just really want to smell that one. To sit and smell it for ever so long. Such a good one. I mean, I wish I could have time to groove with you, but I've got to get on with life. I have important things to do today. All right, Baba, I'll sit with you for one minute, okay? Here we are. You've got one minute. Do your thing. 40 seconds left. I don't think I need to go too much into that. You pretty much understand what the, what, what's going on here. Wasn't too deep. Sadhana, let's see what we're talking about. 40 seconds left. Sadhana, you've got to be quiet inside to do that type of photography. It's very easy to photograph inanimate objects like other people, but turn the lens right in on the very stuff you're hiding in. Shoot the camera this way. Very powerful stuff. So all I can do all the time is to cool myself out. That's all I'm doing. I do nothing but sadhana. If somebody says, what do you do, man? I say, I do sadhana. Well, sure, but don't you lecture? Sure, lecturing happens, but I'm doing my sadhana. 
This trip is helping me get free of my ego. Because if I get free of my ego, we all get free of our ego. Because that's the way the trip works. Because we're all the same being. And that's the problem. We can only move as fast as we all can move. You can hear this message only as purely as I am pure. That's the way it boils down. I can resonate with you in the highest place I am. So I can do nothing for you but work on myself. You can do nothing for me but work on yourself. So we've talked about that a little bit before in a couple other episodes too, but um, I'm glad we got a word for it now, sadhana. So when you're, I think actually that, that came up in the last episode too, but so the whole, well, I have a test in three weeks, you know, great study. But when you're studying, make sure you're practicing sadhana and you're 100% present for that studying. If you're distracted or anxious or nervous, or you're not going to get the full effect of that studying because you're not being mindful. So the idea is to be mindful all the time and be present for what it is you're doing because when you are the when the task when you're doing a task you become the task. This is important because when other beings see you doing this, practicing your sadhana, they see you working on yourself. It's it should try to awake it will eventually waken up the right people who need to be awoken into working on themselves for other people's benefit too. Because namaste is a thing, and because we are all the same being that shares the same light, if I work on myself and it influences others to work on themselves, we're all helping each other and the growth will be exponential and it will it's impossible to stop. Oh, I'm gonna do good things for my child. Baloney. That's all ego. Just work on yourself. And every time you work on yourself, you get calmer, you hear more, you sense more, you are more. You're more present. What are you offering a child? Not a set of social roles passing in the night. You're offering a child here and nowness. And the treasure, the treasure of consciousness, the treasure of awareness. If you don't help other beings cut through the illus... Oh, I thought... For some reason, I thought illus was the name of a fucking flower, bro. If you don't help other beings cut through the illusion because you're through the illusion, what else? What else is there? I love that. I love that. If you don't help other beings cut through the illusion because you're through the illusion, what else? What else is there? What are you doing? Doing more of the dance within the dance? Don't we ever take off the costumes? That's what I felt as a child. We were always on the stage in our costumes. I'm a good child, that's what I am. I knew to play good child. I've been in that good child role for years. I know how to do it. I'm a master at that game. Don't talk back, go to bed early. Don't get your knees dirty. Eat all the food on your plate. Is anybody home? Hello, I'm home. Is anybody home? Sure, I'll have some food. If I give you the external things, I'm a good parent. You and I can always starve together if we're backstage in the here and now. If we're not in the here and now, no matter how much food we put in our bellies, it's never going to be enough. And that's the feeling of Western man. It's not enough. He's got it all going in as fast as he can shovel it. He's got every sensual gratification he can possibly desire. And it's not enough because there's no here and nowness about it. Here and now is the doorway to all of that. Oh, excuse me. Here and now is the doorway to all of that energy. Because if you're truthfully here and now. There's no more you. That's the way it works. Did you ever go to the movies and get so caught up in the movie that you forgot who you were and then the lights came on and you wondered, where am I? What's going on? Oh, it's a movie. 
Yeah, this dude be high as fuck, bruh. I don't know if that's ever happened to me. Maybe I'm tripping. What you've got to do is create in yourself an absolutely calm center where it's always right here and now. It is just light. It is just isness. Hey, it's just isness. And you know we be getting to the business. Hey, sorry. Getting into the tub, eating, going to the toilet, getting into bed, talking, up the stairs, running down the streets. It's just the isness. What up? It's your boy, isness. About to give you the business. I need to get a fucking witness because all this sickness I'm spitting. All right. Sorry, I just, so that for some reason, isness just made me want to start rhyming, bruh. When you meet a being who is centered, you always know it. You always feel a kind of calm emotion, em emanation. I'm, dude, I can't read today. Do, does that, I don't know, did I already hit him with a ribbity ribbity today? I don't fucking know. When you meet a being who is centered, you always know it. You always feel a kind of calm emanation. It always touches you in that place where you feel calm. But you can't hustle it. You can't make believe you're calm when you're not. It never works. Everybody knows, you know, it's horrible. You must center. Find that place inside yourself. And whatever your dance is, whatever your dance is, you're doing it from that place. Always right in here, right in your chedayim, your heart cave. Do it from your essence. Ooh, this is going to be a fun one. Got a blurry for the YouTube. You already know you about to see two boobs. <sighs> Sorry. No rapping. The subtle mother. See, is that, a, is that a continuation or is that a title? Okay, had to check. The subtle mother. And every time you step back one step. Sorry, get, bear with me. There's a, there's a lot of ink on this one, so I got to stare this one down. I can't read this one uh, uh, fluidly. And every time you step back one step from our own melodrama, the cosmic humor gets higher and higher. The absurdity of it all, the extreme beauty of it all, the divine mother, which is in nature, which is you, which is all of this, which is the whole physical plane. I love that. That's, um, so this is about as metaphysical as it gets, right? So. Every time you step back one step from our own melodrama, the cosmic humor gets higher and higher. The absurdity of it all, the extreme beauty of it all, the divine mother, which is nature, which is you, which is all of this, which is the whole physical plane. And it actually feels like it extends beyond the physical plane too, because the divine mother is also like the cosmic consciousness, right? So um, you gotta take that into mind too. He's also being metaphys obviously metaphysical here, so. Let's zoom in on some of this artwork real quick. Oh my lord, that was the wrong set of buttons. Oh, more titties, great. A lot of breastuses here. All right, zoom in and how do I scroll? Gotta use the wheel or the uh, bars. All right, so let's zoom in on this uh, illustration and see what we got here, huh? Got a couple babies, got a Mr. Hanky right here. Look at that Mr. Hanky, bro. That's a good Mr. Hanky. Decapitated hands, some lizard scales, a lot of fire, a pilgrim carrying some sort of sack. I don't know why I said pilgrim though. Just the, the dress thing. Bunch of dead soul looking things. Not dead, but you know, these are all like souls being sucked into the, the Divine Mother's hair slash tree bark. Flowers. Oh, look, E.T. E.T. showed up. That's cool. Nice to see you, E.T. She's 
kind of super sexy, not gonna lie. Great illustration, Baba Ramdas. Oh, and she's tatted. One of her tentacles is like hella tatted, bro. And she's wearing what appears to be some sort of like cloak type thing. Um, but it's all like shadowy and full of babies in different stages of conception. Not conception, whatever the word is, reproduction. We got Humpty Dumpty right here. Shout out Humpty Dumpty. Snowflakes at the bottom, fire at the top. Okay, okay, let's go. All right, I'm done talking like that, my bad. So we got more breasts here. Um, we're gonna have to blur some of this probably because I don't wanna get my first copyright strike out here. So we're talking about the Divine Mother here. All you can do is honor her and love her. And she becomes so exquisite and she's pulling you. And that's really something. Because if you say, wow, lady, I know who you are. You're the keeper of this reform school. That's attachment. Can't have her, can't reject her, can't live with her, can't put her away. Just honor and honor her. Divine mother, you've got to worship her. So I wonder what he was specifically talking about worship earlier. Was that not, did he not say that was a bad thing? I wonder if I'm catching him in some sort of paradox right now. Let's see. I'm not gonna be able to find it quickly or efficiently, so I might just move the f on, brother. Yep. That was six pages back and I'm not going further. Not going further. Love, honor, cherish the Divine Mother. You can't have her, reject her, live with her, or put her away. You can only worship and honor her. She is the veil. And at some point, she is Sita. Sita stands aside on the jungle path so Ram's brother can see Ram. Ram is God. Sita is Ram's wife. And Laksaman is Ram's brother. And they're going along a jungle path and it is God, and it is God who is Ram and Sita behind him, and then the brother Laksaman. And Laksaman can't see his brother, who is God, because of this woman Sita who walks between them. And every now and then, she just moves just a little to one side, so Laksaman can see God. It's a pretty primitive and bar not barbaric. It's a pretty primitive and simple metaphor. I can't see God, there's this woman in my way. I'm being distracted by booty. Oh yeah. This is the Divine Mother Kali. She is my mother. She's my moon. She is my father. She is my child. She's my brother. She is the grass. She is my lover. She is the dew. She is my son. Look at how much she can teach. Her tongue dripping blood, a circle of skulls around her neck, a dagger in one hand, giving birth in the other hand. The whole process of nature, how exquisitely subtle. Remember Siddhartha? I mentioned that book earlier today. His journey and the amount of time he spent in the garden of pleasure with a woman who had much to teach. She always had a new thing to teach. She will always have a new thing to teach, always. Can anyone imagine that a woman as full and seductive as that is not going to teach something? Is not gonna to continue to teach something? If you think that something's happening, like you're working, you're achieving, you're doing something worthwhile, there is much to do. All of that is just the pendant in the ear of the Divine Mother. Or it's a little spot of color on her cheek. Or it's a little bell on her toe. And when you meet a lover like that, sure you'll want to hang around and experience it as long as we're greedy for experience. We're going to be around for quite a while. We're not going to elect to go on the crisp trip because that's the end of the experiencer. 
I love how the illustration went from her face and us like kind of looking at it and you see the guy's like life right there is like reading a book or writing something in the pendant on the ear and then we go down here and you see them all focused on the tiny little toe bell that he was mentioning earlier I love that her other face is the one you're trying to see if she is the entire illusion she is also that which is beyond illusion. Remember the Paragate? Oh yeah, it's right there at the bottom of the fucking thing. And so finally, when you have gone beyond... See, I, had, I have he right here. Cut off the whole R, bro. And so finally, when you have gone beyond her and become free of her, and you go to beyond the beyond, you finally cross the great ocean of existence. Gate, gate, paragate, parasamgate, bodhisawa, swaha. I don't know anything about this language. I'm sure I'm bodying it. You cross the ocean of great, the great ocean of existence, and you stand on the other side, and you're completely free. Who's there? The Divine Mother, welcoming you. That's what the Bodhisattva part of it. You have gone and you have gotten the liberation, and then you are right here, chopping wood and carrying water. making it sacred this this chopping wood and carrying water is karma yoga the yoga of daily life the way to do it is do what you do but dedicate the fruits of the work to me that's the most esoteric way of saying it another way of saying it is do it without attachment another way of saying it is total renunciation now, that doesn't mean you go up to a mountain and live in a cave. It means that you renounce attachment even to your own desires. It means you do what you do because what the harmony of the it means you do what you do because that's what the harmony of the universe requires. So, you you were always on this path, path. You were always meant to be doing this because you're already doing it. You are a totally determined being. This is the way it always was. So the only way for you to bring harmony to the universe is to do what you do with that sadhana, with that complete mindfulness, dedication, and, and discipline to be present through the entire task. If I am a potter who makes pots, but who is making the pots? I am not under the illusion that I am making the pots. Pots are, the potter is, I am a hollow bamboo. Uh, well, we got a couple minutes left. I don't want to go too long and get into something that I can't discuss. So we're going to try to do maybe one more page and talk about it. I am a doctor a student, a dropout, all the same game. Don't let that offend you, but the external world is all the same. It's all the external world. People often say to me, I would really like to do sadhana, but I'm a teacher now. If I could only finish being a teacher, I could do sadhana. Baloney! You're either doing sadhana or you're not. Sadhana is a full-time thing. <clears throat> baloney you're either doing sadhana or you're not sadhana is a full-time thing that you do because there's nothing else to do you do it whether you're teaching you're sitting in a monastery whether you're lying in bed going to the toilet making love eating everything is part of waking up everything is done without attachment Another way of saying it is, it's all done as consecrated action. It's all dedicated. It's all sacred. Yeah, this is a, so this next page is pretty, uh, pretty in-depth and complicated. So let's try to, we're going to cut it right here. Now nah, we're not. We still got a lot of time. We got like six minutes left. Let's go. Let's run this shit. 
In the old days, like many of you, I suppose, I was a good oral type person. You open the refrigerator and you can't stuff your mouth fast enough. Everything turns you on. Mmm, I'll have a little of that, and there's some ice cream, and there's some coleslaw. The stimulus arouses the response. Here's a real sour pickle, that'll go good with the ice cream. Oh boy, it's too much. Have a taste of flour. You can go on the- have a taste of flour? Oh my god, are we gonna end this with a daily dab? Pep, 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 Fuck the rest of this page, we're getting... Funny face like I always do, like I always do. But I was really close to choking my fucking ass. I don't know how I'm alive right now and not dying. You know what I mean. Thank you, Snoop. Appreciate you, Dre. Thank all y'all for tuning in. We'll give y'all a proper outro in a second. Get back to the bulls. Get back to the bulls. Well, it ain't a whole lot left to say, I suppose. The songs are running out. I suppose we still got a whole nother song we could have done, but I'm gonna use that time to... <sighs> burp in your face real quick. I got a couple couple little drinks left and it's a little too strong for me to want to kill it, but I mean, this one's to you, man. Y'all been sticking with me this far and I mean, you're the real OGs for that because uh, this is something that I've been saying these things out loud has been really rewarding to me. So I'm definitely going to keep doing this and I'm excited to have you guys with me because the next books are going to be, you know, a testament to where we're going. So this is a lot of fun. Can't wait to read 1984 with y'all catch 22. Um, would love to read, um, forgetting mouse one day, you know, maybe we'll get into some like, um, like critical race shit. Um, We'll get into, I would even maybe even like to read Mein Kampf one day with you guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if that's even, if that might be a horrible idea, but it sounds kind of awesome to be honest. That might be a Patreon thing in a year or two. Who knows? But thanks for rocking with me, man. Check your shelf. It's your boy, Gimme. I mean, uh, it's your boy, your boy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to change my name to. I, I'm going to change my name, man. I've been Gimme for so long. It feels dated, but we out here man we're gonna stay out here we got coats on so we ain't we ain't afraid to be outside you know what i'm saying but i love you to death i love you through life we're gonna do this thing oh did i have a spit bubble just then did y'all see that anyway much love man thanks for coming i hope you come back check your shelf bitch